Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. All right, so today I'm here with Damian Maracas, who's the chief of Cowan's Fire and Rescue. Thanks for being here. First, if you just want to tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got involved in Fire and Rescue, how you got involved specifically at, at Callens. Well, I started volunteering a little over 20 years ago now. Um, I started at a, at a business I was working at at the time. They uh, needed some assistance with their uh, rescue team. You know, I live, don't live that far away from Callens, and I had my cousin at the time was on the department, and a friend of mine that I'd known since high school was the chief there at the time, and uh, they needed some help, needed some more people. Mm-hmm. So I definitely saw the need and helped them out. Helped me too. Mm-hmm. I've been with Callens for 18. I started volunteering about eight, uh, 20 years ago. I've been with Callens for 18. And so, I mean, you know, with with that much experience there, uh, can you, can you tell me a little bit about the background, just about Callens and kind of how that agency got started? A small group got it started in 1979 when they opened up as just a general as a fire department itself. Mm-hmm. And then, as the need arose through the community, um, they started first responding thinking it was around 93 is when they started actually doing transport. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really between Chatham Rescue and Broswell Community, there was not much. There was nothing there. Mm-hmm. So they had they were just trying to fill the gaps. Right. No, that makes sense. There are, there are 13 rescue squads in the county right now, correct? You, you guys are one of? It's 12 or 13. I always get I'll be honest with you, at stuff. this point, I can't remember because there have been some added and some count taken mm-hmm. away in the past couple of years. And yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you know, some, some agencies taking away transport others others coming in i know had cascade rescue volunteer fire and rescue in here to talk about you know how they they went from almost shutting down to then rebounding to the point where they they were able to add add that service and and add the ability to transport patients so i know you know they have firsthand experience just like you all do with the difficulties facing volunteer fire and rescue right now so talk to me a little bit about kind of what what you've seen with Callens, you know, what are, what are some of the difficulties that you all have faced? A lot of it we face is, is a personnel issue, and a lot of it's based on the rural area we're at and the aging of the population. The population isn't as big anyway, mm-hmm. but you start getting into the members or the, the community itself is aging, and most of the ones that are, are younger have are moving out, or those that are there have jobs that are just, they have to spend their eight to ten hours or whatever traveling to a job. Right. And with that, it makes it more difficult to people to have time to volunteer. Mm-hmm. That that's a very very diverse issue. That I'm sure we're not the only ones uh, having that issue. Right. But. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, for my my days with the newspaper through this position, that's that's a pretty common theme that I've heard. Is yet trouble trouble getting volunteers to have one the you know the necessarily necessary training, but also the time to be able to, yeah. to run on those calls. And that's the other issue, too. You know, these people aren't farmers anymore, and they're not hanging around on the farm, and they have can just go to training whenever. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times the classes that, that we have are, are hosted elsewhere. The times are very um, set, and you can't miss but so much time, and it's, it's basically based on people that work first shift, normal hours, and there's a lot of shift work going on, and people just don't have that ability to to spend 180 hours or whatever in a class. Right. You know, you mentioned the the difficulty getting getting volunteers, getting people to get enough training because those requirements keep right. those inc- requirements keep going up as people have less time. And I know, you know, even funding agencies has gotten harder as the cost of equipment has gone up and then that leaves you all spending more time fundraising and you know, there's yeah, lots of different challenges that sort of go together with that. 
you know, with, with all of that sort of as the backdrop, especially for, for rescue in, in fiscal year 2000, you, you guys had a rough, a rough go with it as far as responding That's right. to calls. Um, I think, you know, the number was about 30%. So talk to me about, you know, kind of how, how you got to that point and what has changed since then, what you guys have been doing to, to rectify that, to bring that number back up. Well, there's several reasons. Um, part of it has to do with, again, with our aging population, but it also, things have changed. We were going from around 130 calls a year for EMS mm-hmm. and probably roughly 50 for fire. The fire really hasn't gone up that much, but EMS, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we've over doubled that. And when you start getting that many calls, it's really hard to keep up. Right. The way things are, trying to catch up to those calls with personnel, you're already behind the eight ball. You know, it's been a lot of things changed in, in past two years. You know, we've had issues with the COVID and everything else. And mm-hmm. That's that's hindered us with people wanting to volunteer and get out there, and then others with uh, trying to do fundraising as well. Mm-hmm. And you, your guys' area is very large, but very rural, correct? It is very, mm-hmm. very much so. Mm-hmm. So we co- the area we cover, you know, it's it goes to Franklin County and to Henry County. Oh wow, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that is that is a very large area. And with the the aging population you're talking about, is that I, I would imagine that affects both your volunteer base as well as the types of calls, number of calls that you're you're getting. It does because actually some of the ones that that used to actually help the fire department as whether it be volunteers or just people that come up there and as community help, just lend a hand whenever. They're the ones that are actually you know at the point of calling nine one one. I mean, mm-hmm. they're at that age. And right. With the other side of the population where you don't have as many people involved in farms anymore. They're looking for more technical work outside the area. So most people have, instead of living in the area and working outside the area, they've they've moved on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's tough to to overcome that when there's less of a pool to pull from for for volunteers, but you still have the same population remaining that that right. is more likely to need those services. So you know, and as we said, you know, in in FY twenty, it was it was it was a rough year. So what what steps are being taken? To move you guys forward, I know that number jumped from from thirty percent to fifty percent, and obviously, I know you guys are working on bringing that number even higher. So, how yeah. is how is that process yeah, happening? So, so, right now, we're averaging right around sixty three to sixty seven percent. I know it was fifty mm-hmm. percent at the end of the physical year, right? But at, what we've done at this point, we've uh, brought in some part time EMS personnel hmm. to staff the station, trying to get it done five days a week. Right. Scheduling is just it just brings about another another issue in itself but mm-hmm. as part-time help comes along you know we've kind of stepped it up we were we were just having three in the beginning and, and we've got four now we'd like to do a couple more part-time to kind of fill the gaps right we've still got volunteers that, that do volunteer but full-time jobs really hinder that because mm-hmm. the full-time jobs that most all of the volunteers have are daytime which is the primary time of our calls mm-hmm. we do get some nighttime calls but it's not near the amount during the day and that makes sense that you would have that, that you all have gotten to the point where you had to provide some level of pay to have people available during yeah, the time. Yeah, these people are coming from outside the area. And is that something where you generally have one person that's paid at a time so they can sort of drive to the scene and then someone else is meeting them there? Or are you paying multiple people to be there at the same time? Right now, primarily, we're just trying to make sure we have somebody that we can start the call with, have an EMT there, and we have drivers available that, that will try to meeting with the truck. And how long has that been in place? October of 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are seeing that that's, that's helping to increase the, oh. the response rate, increase the, the well, capability of the, the station? Yeah, because we went basically from a 27% call percentage to 63 is my average now, mm-hmm. roughly. 
I know. I mean, I've I've talked to other stations. I know Chatham Rescue Squad is 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 paying people to be there. I know Gretna is paying people to be there. I mean, it's a challenge of it finding is. people that are available without pay during the day, as you said. And, and the other side of it too is we're we're on on uh, the track right now to exceed 400 calls this year. 130 was the average five years ago, and now we're up to 400. How did you guys come to that decision that that the best way forward was? to pay people to be there. It was difficult. It's hard to kind of choke it up and take one on the cuff and start doing something. I mean, I've been volunteering for a long time, and when you start having to throw money out there for something that you feel that people should be okay with doing, and that's mm-hmm. helping other people, it just kind of throws a different aspect to it. And right. There's a lot of meetings, a lot of talking back and forth, mm-hmm. and it, it took just about an entire year before we come to that decision to really mm-hmm. nail it down. Right. Even the agencies that aren't paying people to be there, I mean, a, a lot of those agencies are, are, are using stipends and things like right. that. So it's it's almost getting to the point where it's there aren't enough people who are 100% volunteer to where agencies can solely rely on them. Not that they're not out there. As you said, you know, you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. I know there are lots in the county who are still doing that and not getting any money, but it's more and more getting to the point where some level of, of compensation is needed to keep the system going. And the other side of it, too, is it's there's a generation gap. The older generation thinks of things a bit differently than the newer generation. Mm-hmm. not saying that they're wrong by what they're doing. It's right. just there's a generation gap on how to reach out to them to have them understand why things are the way they are, mm-hmm. trying to be cohesive to work together and make make things happen a little bit better. That's mm-hmm. a challenge. Right. And I, I mentioned earlier, you know, Cascade was almost at the point where they, they were about to have to shut down because they weren't able to, to serve their community. When you mentioned, you know, the, the 27% response rate, I mean, was that something that was going through y'all's heads of like, are it was can never, we stay open? It was never actually an option. It was just we had to do something to make things right. Mm-hmm. The way we looked at it too was the fact that if, if we did that, what are we doing to the other departments around us? Hmm. It's a strain mm-hmm. for them as it is to, to take care of their first response calls in their right. area, much less if, if we just left a hole in the community for our people. They could possibly leave a hole in their community for their people if they have to come to our area. Because mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, would, that would make it rough on, I mean, uh, you'd, have, you'd have Cool Branch, you'd have Chatham, Roswell, Tunstall. We have, we have 79 square miles. Earlier, you know, you mentioned that that so far this year, you're already seeing, you know, 67% as, or, or around 67% as the, as the response rate. Have you guys set sort of a, a target goal of, you know, you moved from 30 to 50 last year, you know, is there a target goal for this year? I always want to do better. I'd love to see us at a hundred. I mean, I'm that's, right. no joke. I mean, I just think that's what we're there for. Mm-hmm. We're there for the community's needs and that's where I want to be at. Mm-hmm. You know, any, anything is better than we were last year. I know that we've been scoffed a little bit by other people because of our insufficiencies mm-hmm. however the best thing we can do is just do better mm-hmm. and I, I know we've done a far cry better than we were last year mm-hmm. it's been a help in general but 100 percent is it mm-hmm. yeah no and i know the the fire and rescue commission was formed a few years ago and that's sort of been there you know they they want to come alongside of our our agencies and, and help and make sure that you know our agencies are are providing valuable service to the community right. and i know they've by no means you know want to want to scoff at anybody or make any agency feel bad for their response rate but come alongside those agencies you know how can we help how can we how can we assist and make sure that the service is being provided well i know you mentioned them helping us i mean they've been kind of they've helped uh, some of the departments with the recruitment retention but i really think they need to make bigger strides with that Mm -hmm. it's i'm not sure that some of them really are aware of the departments having issues with getting people 
that recruitment and retention program they said they were going to start. I mean, I know they've put, they're putting uh, where people can apply to them, to, to public safety, mm-hmm. and uh, send out recommendations to whatever department area they're in. Right. I don't know that we've seen more than maybe one or two. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've, I've been sort of involved in that process, and we've had, as of the last time I looked, 26 people had said they're interested. And, I mean, yeah, that's over six months. And so that's, I mean, that's a good thing, but absolutely yeah. there is room for improvement. And that doesn't equally affect every department, as you said. I th- I would imagine that No, I haven't it, looked through the I just think they need but. to be more, more aggressive mm-hmm. because of the general area of the population right. and just the way things are. Not everybody is technologically advanced and mm-hmm. using computers and seeing stuff like that. Right. Know. I don't know what other way there is, but I just feel like there's another way that they could reach out to these people. And we've pondered some ideas ourselves. Right. Well, I mean, I'll I'll keep that in mind as someone who's who's playing a role in the you know spreading that message that yeah that it, it needs to be more targeted to those specific areas. Uh, well, I mean, that's all the the questions that I have. I really really appreciate you being here. Really appreciate you taking the time to to talk about this. You know, as as I said, it's not we want to show the progress of of Callens, you know, of going from, as you said, the 27 percent and bringing that up to 67 percent so far this year. And a number that we know based on based on the work that you guys are doing is going to continue to increase, which I mean, that is a success story. That is a, a story of an agency of an agency showing determination and saying we're not going to quit on our community. We're not going to quit on the other agencies around us who rely on us to cover this territory. And yes, that has required some some funding of of part-time staff but that's that's nothing to be ashamed of by any means that's that was a necessary step right and and i don't there have been some a significant amount of uh sleepless nights trying to figure those out too Mm -hmm. and i guess one other one other question is that you know the funding of those positions has that made that I mean, has that? I know funding an agency to begin with is difficult. A volunteer agency has that been a, a that a that challenge? was one of the things that we were really stressing over in the beginning, just because funding in general, you know, it's it's okay right now as long as we're covering the calls and you know, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It, that's been been okay. So, mm-hmm. but you never know. Right. Yeah, that's that's tough, but. I mean, that's, like I said, that's all the, the questions that I have. Is there anything else that you'd want to add or think it's important that people know? I'm good. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pitco Happenings. I hope you learned something informative. If you have a question or want to make a comment, give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739.